You know what? I'm about to take my shoes off. I feel it real Eric Benet. Let me let me take uh-huh. my shoes off real quick. Woo! <laughs> spend the night. Woo! Oh my god, comfortable. I just took oh yeah. What are we talk about today? We we are back for season two of the adulthood. Uh this Is time this we are is it? No, it's not. Why would I be sexy right now? This is not a sexy show. We're, is it we're back. You have a leather hat on. Oh, I have a leather hat on because I had to throw on a wig because my hair wasn't together. You know, my I change my hair every day. I had to throw on a wig, so I had to put on a hat because yeah, my hair, you know, uh uh-uh, uh, it's a mess. Um, yes. So we're back. So now we're coming back weekly, which is so great. So no, you know. Waiting in between episodes, we're back weekly to give you all this talk from us geriatric millennials. Is that what we are? Yeah, we we oh since then you have hit the big five oh. See, whenever you say things like this, people believe you. I know people really think that I'll be. I would hope no one thinks that I'm fifty. You know, I don't know. I, I hope, mean, you know. how does it feel to be forty? You know, it feels good. You know, we worked so hard to get to this point. Uh-huh. You know, uh, no joint pain, no back pain. You know, everything is good. Okay, you know, okay. Being an adult, you know, going to the grocery store, I'm not using coupons yet. I feel like I'm maybe like two, three years away from coupons. <laughs> so 42 yeah, years old, that's when you get to the that's when you get to that. I'm just saying, when you start using coupons and you start, you know, parking in the, you know, the handicapped parking space and walking, you know, I, you know, I'm still getting my little hat collection up, you know. I don't even see you wear hats like that. This is my first time because usually you wear baseball caps. I've never seen you wear. You know, well, you know, this this is what happens. You turn forty, and I told you, I feel like I feel like Eric Benet today. I feel like I gotta. He- Dressed like a grown-up. See, I reached that point, Lexi. I reached the point. For three weeks. For three weeks We've been wearing- dressing like we're 20 for 20 years, and I finally, look at this shirt. I finally said, Forever. you know what? Mm-hmm. You need to dress like an adult. Forever you know, forth. we go to these nice events sometimes, and then, you know, we got to dress up like last week. High, high fashion. Ultra fashion. So I'm like, let me go to the this nice side of the store and get some nice clothes and some nice socks yeah. and some new drawers with no holes in them. You're not buying the packs of underwear anymore? <laughs> the packs? Yeah. Look, when you t- underwear? When you t- so buy packs of underwear or do you just like buy the individual $20 pairs? Oh, like the dope boy. Mm-mm. Like who? 
like the dope boys. They, they buy, you know, like Balenciaga draws and all that. Oh, I don't yeah, do that. I was like, like what? I don't know what dope boys do. <laughs> oh, you don't? You don't? You don't? I'm, I've dated one dope boy in my life, man. He didn't even tell me he was a dope boy, and I just assumed I he was a dope say, boy. He didn't even wear draws. I would have been like, it checks out. No, I just assumed he was a dope boy because of his house and his money, and I was con I was confused where he got the money oh, from. Oh, I know right. who this is. King yes, you do. King Tenbe. King Tenbe. Yes. Yeah, I was like, mm, I, think he, I think he sells drugs. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's it. Yeah, I'm still packing draws. From Target, package off from Target. I still buy packs and draws from Target too, so it's okay. Yeah. And I'm almost 39, but I still buy packs from Target and then Amazon too. Shoot, shoot. <laughs> I still do as well, but yeah, I haven't hit that. Like now, I do buy the individuals from Target, the individuals in the little drawer you could pick up, and yeah, I do that. But a lot of times, I'd be like, uh. But no, but I, I did move up to the individuals at Target. Yeah. But okay, so guys, tell me more about being 40. Like, you know, what does it feel like? First of all, well, you know, you know, shout out to the Gen Z. I can't sleep past eight o'clock anymore. Like the okay. only time I, I can sleep past eight is when I stay up to like four o'clock. So oh, this is life okay. after 39. Okay. So you know, I don't even use an alarm anymore. My mm. inner clock says, you old, wake up. Every morning at like 7.48. And you just wake up. Yeah. My, see, and I've been... The other day I had my slide-ons and then I cooked an omelet. And I was like, man, this is so... And then I had like the baby spinach. And then I was like... And then I had the tomatoes. And then I, you know, I stir-fried some mushrooms and made an you omelet. Uh, this is just something that just, it just felt right on a Saturday oh. morning. Okay. It just felt it just felt good. Okay. You know, so now I'm looking for a nice, a nice lady to settle down with. You always say this, and you know I don't believe you're actually looking for a nice lady to settle down with. Yeah, you know, looking is looking is subjective, you know. Yeah, I don't think that you're actually but, doing that. I mean, whoever is praying for a good man, I feel like it's time for me to get tagged in. Look. It's a lot of women out there. It's a lot of women out there trying. It's, it's a lot of women, you know, if you wear a girdle, if you wear a harness, a body magic, holler at me. Most of those days, yeah. I'm the only person that doesn't wear um, that doesn't wear stuff. Yeah, if everybody. You, you love your body? I just don't care enough. Your body. So today we're talking about Freak Nick. Where were you? I was actually when mad that when was, I, was your face but, up or down? By the time I got down here, Freak Nick was over and I was low-key a little bit sad about it, I guess. I would say I don't even remember. I remember Freak Nick being big. I remember the sister sister episode where they went where they came down and went to Freak Nick. I do remember that. I don't. But I, Freaknik wasn't, by the time I got down here, I came down here in 02 and Freaknik was over. It was what over. What was your signature so, move during the Freaknik era? Was it the booty pop? Was it the split? Was it I didn't the, like that. Was it the, you know, face down up? Was it the cartwheel? What did you, you do? I wasn't, um, I wasn't there, so you wasn't, I don't. You wasn't twerking? I wasn't. 
I was too young. I was too young for Freak Nick. So, but it's funny, everybody's talking about their moms being on there. And I'm like, the people whose moms are going to be on there would be like under 20. So they'd be Gen Zers. The Gen Z folks have moms that were probably there. I don't think anybody are I think like, so, though. So if we're, if we're, there was a lot of old, remember Uncle Luke brought them all out. They brought yeah. them all out. But if we were 40, and let's say our parents hypothetically were 60, are 60 now, 60 year olds, I don't know, because they would have been what, 30s? They would have been in their 30s going to Freaknik. I don't know. I think, I think, there's still people who 30 go to spring break. But yeah, that's weird. So did you know that Freaknik started from the DMV club? Did you know that? No. Did you know it was actually the DMV club that it was a picnic? It was a picnic. It started from the DMV club in the AU Center. And then it spread out and then got bigger and bigger and bigger. That's what you'll see when you watch the documentary that Freaknik actually started from the DMV club. And also- Will we was, see that? Yeah, they're going to go into all of that. They have to because- they're, People that are like that went to schools here, you use people, a lot of people know that history already of like the first time they had it, the picnic, and then how, and when it got out of control, like when it got out of control, when, um, yeah, like that transition. I watched, I looked at a couple of comments about it, like, yeah, once it got out of control, and next thing you know, people are getting like raped in the middle of the streets and stuff. It just, it just went crazy. Like, yeah. Well, so, well, you know, you know, the thing is, you know how Uncle Luke is. You know, yeah. I didn't grew up loving Uncle Luke, but you know he be telling his side of the story a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. Just like when people talk about Miami base versus you know Atlanta base, and people mm -hmm. are like, "It started in Atlanta." Uncle Luke is gonna tell you a hundred percent of the time. I was there when it started in Miami. I was in yeah. Liberty City. We started it ourselves. So I'm just interested to see how him and Jermaine Dupree, you know, meet in the middle. Because you know it's like DJ Kizzy Rock, and then us Atlanta or Miami folk, DJ Uncle Al, and then you know it's just like it just depends on what region you're from, where it started, where it came from. So yeah, I'm, I'm well, interested to see that. Fact, we know for a fact it it started at the AU Center, so we do know that. So I, they can't get away with not showing that. So I'm pretty sure they're going to show that backstory. Listen, let's let's make sure we save this. Because I know yeah. Luke is like, nah, I remember it was in my living room. In, in his room in Miami, right? <laughs> yeah, like, and, it started, I started it. It's, I and then started. He made his way to the Atlanta to the Atlanta streets. Yeah, then he gonna say, remember my court case? We went to the Supreme Court, and we was the first ones to, we was the reason why they put the parental advisory sticker on the album. Mm-hmm. I'm asking. Yeah. Now, like, yeah, you know. I, I'm looking forward to the documentary. Actually, I was kind of mad because once they started talking about it, I was thinking that it was done already. And I was like, they ain't even started it yet. I'm like, boo. I was really excited thinking like, oh my gosh, it's about to air soon. Like as soon as they talked about like, oh, Hulu has a, a Freaknik documentary. I was literally thinking like, oh my gosh, like, yes, it's going to debut in like April or May. And then I'm like, they haven't even started yet. Because usually- 2025. Usually, documentaries before they actually are done before they actually even started so i'm looking forward to um looking forward to seeing that i think it's going to be really good i saw this one comment and i was so annoyed somebody was like they're trying to make us look bad why don't they do a girls gone wild one and i was like they have and and yeah. i was just like what <laughs> like i mean they've been, been did that they've been did that 
Exactly. But also Freaknik is good because, you know, like I mentioned, the start of it was not, you know, everybody twerking all naked on the streets, women getting harassed and raped. That's not what it was. Like it was literally college students that couldn't go home for spring break. And then it turned into this massive thing where it's like chaos on the street. And, you know, it just turned into this thing where it was just like a spectacle and everybody had their camcorders out. But that's not what it was. That's not how it started. And that's how that's why it's not here today, because it got so out of hand and too many like assaults and stuff. So I do want to see that progression, just like they did one on Woodstock, too. Same thing. Same thing about Woodstock. People getting assaulted and the drugs and the this and the that. All of these things started mm-hmm. out for like a good purpose. It was just like, okay, we chilling. We just trying to have a good time during spring break. And then it just goes out of hand. And yeah. And you know, it was what, and so it was. Remember, you know, go ahead. We went to Freak Nick recently. Remember? Didn't we? we went to the new Freak Nick. So they brought back Freak Nick like before the pandemic, they brought it back, but it's just a, like a concert. So it's at a, they just have that at an amphitheater. It's a concert series. Well, not a series, but maybe, was it two days or one day? I, I think it was one day and then it went to two days, but the day we were there, see the energy that was there that day. That's yeah. the freaking energy. Everybody came out. Everyone was like, oh, Trina came out, Trick Daddy, yeah. all of our DJ Taz. Yeah. The, the East a- Side Boy. Not Lil John. See- East Side Boy. <laughs> and the other two East Side Boys. The East I Side just One girl that was like half naked one lady that was it that's all i saw so it's, it's definitely not and they said it was fan, didn't they say family friendly they said it family was, but they was cussing and yeah mm-hmm. but somehow i guess it whoever was the, somebody bought the name i'm assuming because i remember there was an issue about who bought the name so i can't wait to hear about that too like who bought the name who did i, I that's what i'm also interested in hearing like who bought the name so i'm excited about it um a piece of black atlanta history i am excited about it uh yeah, I'm here for it. I can't wait to like hear more about it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And to yeah. all the people who acting like they remember it, it, it has been funny to watch. Like, man, just we was young. We was we was in elementary school. Like, just stop it. Just stop it. You don't remember. You wasn't out there. Exactly. So, okay, <laughs> question. Would would your parents have let you go to Freaknik? Absolutely. You said parent. <laughs> Parents. parents. Yeah. No, I said parents, but I mean, I, but you know, parents. but you yeah, but remember back in the day, you know, you had to sneak to something. Freak Nick would have been my one time to sneak and then not have a phone for like a year. Yeah, that's it what my I was one Ferris Bueller day off. If I lived in Atlanta, I, have, I did sneak yeah. off the things, and you know, when you have a mom, you have one mom, you can do what you want to do until you get caught up, until someone yeah. has to bring you home, just like. That's why I love house party. We don't talk about, remember house party, you had the time of your life, but you knew Robin yeah. Harris was waiting. That's, that was always my cousin's favorite part. Robin Harris waiting with that belt. Yeah, like you definitely about to get in trouble. Yeah, you you know you're going to get in trouble when you get home. So Freaknik would have been my, I would have been with love, love Ferris Bueller. Yeah, like LaFerris. If if I lived in Atlanta, I probably would have snuck out to because my parents definitely wouldn't let me go because my parents didn't let me do anything when I was growing up. I couldn't do anything like 
Man, my friends, I felt like a lot of my friends, they just had more like lenient parents. So they could do whatever, like they were hanging out and like going to clubs and stuff. And well, not all my friends, but like some of my friends. And I was just like, mm, I can't do anything. I have to be home by like 10 o'clock. Couldn't do anything. My parents had to like meet the other person's parents, whoever I was with, they had to like meet their parents, not just like, oh, you're going out. Okay. Like it wasn't like that. Like, but yeah, if I lived in Atlanta, I would have definitely been sneaking out and like hanging oh, out. Absolutely. Cause you know, yeah. I think the younger, the Gen Z folk always talk about how their parents said no to sleepovers. Oh yeah. And I always thought that was interesting because growing up, it was like a thing that we did all the time. Oh, see, my parents were no for sleepovers yeah. too. My parents I were no sleepovers well. all the time. But there was one time when I did ask and I was told no. They didn't. Wow. They didn't do all that. They ain't do all that. Why would? Why were you so? His mama didn't do that. I guess because their house was messy and they didn't want me in the house. Oh, oh, oh you oh. mean the other end. Okay, I thought you meant your mama. Yeah, the other parent. No, I was, because, you know, growing up in Miami, we had a large Jewish community. And when I got bused to special school for gifted for two days in a week, I connected with a lot of Jewish kids, a lot of, you know, just different races, ethnicities from wherever. And yeah. they would have the most extravagant sleepovers. Like, Alex, my friends, uh -huh. come on. They had food and drink, and they had pay-per-view. And I used to be like, whoa, you guys got pay-per-view. My mom never pays for pay-per-view. She would right. never. Like, we would watch, like, the, the, the wrestling joints, the everything. And I just used to be, that was my jam. But now Gen Z was like, I never got to do that. So sorry to y'all. Sorry to y'all. That's what I'm yeah. telling you. I was one of those I mean, kids. I'm sorry, but I mean, yeah, me you too. never had a slumber party. Y'all never played, you know, with Barbies. Very rarely did I used to have summer parties. I more so I couldn't go over other people's houses. I could not. My mother, my mother did not play. Like I couldn't go over anybody's houses. You know what I used to do for summer parties? My mom would let me go to the party, like the party during the day, and then she would pick me up, especially if they were another color and she didn't know them. She'd be like, mm -mm, you can go to the birthday party. I'm picking you up at seven o'clock. She would always like, I don't know. She's my mom is old, old school. But, you know, at that time, honestly, I feel like, you know what? Now that I think about it, when you're growing up in the 90s, like you're an 80s baby, but you grew up in the 90s. You remember a lot of kids were getting kidnapped at that time. And also it was a lot of kids getting like molested and assaulted. That was a big time for kidnapping. So a really big time, because even when you start watching, I go back and watch all these old Lifetime movies. That was the time when all those movies were coming out. Like these kids, kids were getting kidnapped a lot in the nineties. So yeah. my mom, the milk like, carton—that's when that was popular. That, that was the whole beginning of the milk carton. Was yep. that was the milk carton boom? When, even at school, all little yep. day they missing. Wow. Yeah, my mama don't play, and that—that's also I feel like when when there's other men in the house, when there's like a daddy in the house and big brothers. As soon as my mom was like, there's big brother, there's daddy. Mm -mm. Like, you know, not that it's, you know, a bad thing to have a dad in the house or big brothers, but it's like, I don't want any man around my child. So she was very protective. Like, very, now that didn't matter what race. She was just like, mm -mm, brother, daddy, mm-mm. Like, I don't like that. So it's very, very much like, mm-mm. So, so, yeah. So that's the reason why you grew up and you said you wanted to, Create a different dynamic between you and your mother. 
Yes. So, well, you know, you were like, I didn't, I let her dictate so much of my younger life that now that I'm grown and make my own money, have my own car, have my own dog, I do what I I paint my walls, whatever. I do what I want. Why you have said, dear mother, this is Lex, (laughs) this is Lexi time. Like me as I am, Alexa, turn off. Like, like me as I am, absolutely. Um, I think that is one of the things because, you know, I did grow up that kid that like didn't want to disappoint my parents. I was the kid that cried if I came up with a C. Yeah. So when you grow up with it, with parents that like don't let you do anything, when you get older, I promise you, like I, you, you should be shocked that I wasn't the kid that was like pregnant in high school or like pregnant right after because when you have parents that don't let you do anything, usually it's those kids that like go wild when they get to college. I didn't do that when I got to college. I was still very like, you know, I like I dated one guy when I got when I got to college. Like I wasn't that person. So, but you would think that like, especially coming from Hampton, Virginia, and having parents that didn't let you do anything, and then you move to a big city like Atlanta, and you could do whatever you want to do. You can do whatever you want to do. There's no like curfew in the dorm. There's no nothing like, see, it's not like your school, like Alice Winham University where like freshman year, there's curfew and stuff. We didn't have that. We could go and come as well. Curfew? Y'all didn't have curfew? I thought you had curfew. First of all, let me tell you, remember I stayed in the special dorm. I don't know what that means. But but your school in general has Yeah, for the others. I wasn't one of the others. But that's my point. I like most dorm, we had 30 people in our dorm freshman year. So yeah. Just want to throw but that most, out there. Shout out to Chris Hall. But most schools, most black schools, most HBCUs, a lot of them freshman year, you have curfew. I went to yep. a school, there was no curfew, no nothing. I, we could go and come as we please in Atlanta. And we're all coming from small cities somewhere in coming from Alabama, Virginia, wherever we're coming from. And we could like now we're in this big city, could do whatever we want. And I'm surprised I didn't go buck wild. I really am surprised. But, you know, that, that means that they did a great job in raising me. But what it did teach me, <laughs> they did. Mm-hmm. But what it teaches me is I can do what I want to do and not care so much about, you know, I still have to be myself because I can go around trying to please my parents all I want to. But you have to be yourself and you have to create these boundaries. And so I am definitely a boundary person. Um, that I think that comes with me, you know, just going to therapy. I, I create boundaries to everybody, to friends, people that I'm dating, my parents. It does not matter who you are, blood or not. There are boundaries that will be set. And if you choose to not uh, accept these boundaries or to abide by these boundaries, then you don't have to talk to me. Like, that's just what it is. And that's how it's been. And that's how it's going to be. And I do think that people need healthy boundaries. And I think that's a good thing about millennials is that millennials are going to therapy and they're learning about healthy boundaries and healthy relationships and I think that's really important but yes I'm the person that's like my mom can tell me oh I don't think you should wear your hair blonde anymore what do I say okay she's like oh that means you're not listening to me yep like you know I know how to shut down the conversation quickly like there's no going back and forth there's no argument I don't have to say well I'm grown and I can do it I don't have to say that I could just say okay I acknowledge that you said you don't like my hair blonde I have acknowledged that and I don't even have to say that long part. I just say, okay, I, I wish you would dye your hair back, you know, your natural color. Okay. Okay, I acknowledge that you said this. It don't need to be a whole conversation. It don't need to be a back and forth. It's not a debate. Okay. 
And so she understands that at this point. That means the conversation's over. That means, okay, you're not really listening to me. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do what I say. Okay, you you do understand that. Okay. And so that's what I create boundaries and I know how to cut the conversation short. And I even try to teach her that with other people in our lives. Like, hey, this is how you cut the conversation short. If you notice that you're always having the same conversation or same argument, all you have to do sometimes is just say, okay, and acknowledge that you heard this person. You can cut the conversation real short and also try to create some boundaries. I was like, it'll change your life. But yes, I'm one of those people, like my dad for the longest time, like, oh, you should get a real job. Cause you know, again, I think we talked about this before, but I have been working at the same company for like 10, almost 10 years at this point and 10 years total. And then we were acquired by another company and they still don't think I have a real job because they don't know what I really do. And they're thinking to them, a real job is like a government job, like a, a job where you can like just sit around and not do anything and never get fired and never get laid off to them. That's what a real job is. So they're like, when you like literally they stopped finally maybe three or four years ago when my dad finally stopped saying when are you going to get a real job he literally stopped saying that like three or four years ago but again even with that conversation i would just kind of just cut it off quickly like i have like i have a career i have a company i have not been laid off i pay my mortgage every month i paid all my bills i haven't had to ask y'all for money for household bills now maybe if something happened and i just like oh shoot my hot water heater went out and it's ten thousand dollars you know like something where i really need help but just for like regular maintenance of my house and my mortgage i don't have to ask for things so i'm like you know and now if i have to start asking then that's when you can be like hey i need you to get a job i need you to get a real job you know you can start doing that once i start having to ask you for money every month but you know so things like that it's like sometimes you got to dead those conversations sometimes you got to be like you know what like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And I do have a real job. And, you know, sometimes, you, I don't know. Anyway, sometimes you have to have those conversations. But that's just, that's just how I feel. And I do feel like you have to create boundaries and just and explain to people if you feel like it. Sometimes you got to explain to folks, like, look, this, this is who I am. This is what it's going to be. You can either love it or hate it. You can stick around or not. And that includes blood or friends to me. Like, and that's how that's how millennials, them G's, Gen Z, Gen Z don't play. If you disrupt yeah. their, if you disrupt their peace, Gen Zers would rather live under a bridge than to be at home with their yeah. parents that disrespect them, or tell them. I mean, I'm not living under no bridge. Though. I'm not either. But Gen Z, <laughs> they would rather live under a bridge than to be around parents that are toxic or parents that tell them you know what do any anything i mean a parent could tell them to pick up their their shoes off the ground they will literally fuss at them about their parent telling them to pick their shoes off the ground gen zers they don't play with that they don't play with toxic behavior they do not play and that's just like but my parents aren't toxic but you know i do stop potentially toxic type of situations because my mom called me that one time she she said, said i look parents are toxic I don't think that they're toxic. I don't. I wouldn't use that word for my parents. But there are certain things that I have had to cut cut out. Like for example, my mom, she had made a comment like, "Oh, you look fat in this picture," and I had to tell her like, "Uh-uh, cut that out." I said, "Don't do that." I had to explain to her why she can't say that. But yeah, I had to explain to her like, "This is why you shouldn't say that, and don't say that to me ever again." I like I look. I will step in and say something. I I am not. It doesn't bother me to like check people again i will check parents as well because sometimes parents need to be checked no matter how old you are 
But yeah, I don't I don't consider my parents toxic at all. I don't toxic is a harsh word and toxic isn't the word that I would use for my parents. I don't think I, I don't think I grew up in a toxic environment. I don't think that um, I don't think my parents are toxic now. They think that they want me to do whatever they want me to do, but I don't think that that's toxic. But again, I know how to shut that down and I know how to create boundaries. But what about you? Uh, listen, so, so I will say that it's easier said than done, Lexi, as I've told you. Now, you know, I think it depends on your parents. Mm-hmm. Now, me coming from the South South with Southern Baptist upbringings, roots, parents, and six aunties, I think it's just different. I think people mm-hmm. who come from a certain type of background, like if you were like a single child, only child like myself to a single parent, I think your dynamic is different because that's your only parent. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, sometimes people get caught up in disappointment versus, you know, compromise. I think mm-hmm. I'm more so looking for the compromise. Like some you always going to disappoint your parents in some kind of way. You might disappoint your parents and they might not even know. You know, mm-hmm. you might get a nose ring and your mom might be disappointed. Like, oh, only harlots get that. Only hussies get that. Like, we don't even know sometimes what our parent is thinking about us. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, it's just. Oh, no, my mom tells me she don't probably. <laughs> sometimes you, when she's not around, she might be talking to your dad. Like, we need to rain Lexi in. She's that, out there in Atlanta. Throwing that thing in the circle. She says that to me. That's what I'm saying. My mom is very vocal. Like, uh, you need to get it together. Do I need to come down there? Look, my mom is very vocal. Okay. <laughs> like, well, trust that's, me. So that's the thing. Whenever people talk about boundaries, it's just like, yeah. have you met a Southern Black family? They don't care about your boundaries. They go to church. The pastor gets up there. Mm-hmm. The pastor says all kinds of toxic things a lot of the time. You need to do this. You need to do that. God did this. Jesus did that. And it's like your parents and everybody else has been indoctrinated. That I'm going to tell my son and my, my daughter exactly what they need to do. No matter what they say, because I know better. Like my mama used to always say when I was coming up, I have more job experience. Mm-hmm. I know I know how to get a job. Remember back in the day when you were looking for a job or you were like in between jobs, like you need to go up to the, you need to go up there. You need to go up to the office. You need to go and talk to the man. And then it's like, you like, I didn't talk to everybody. I didn't got to. And it's like, they never understood that sometimes people say no. Sometimes you don't get the job. They're like, you need to go and talk to the lady. You need Mm. to walk up there. When I was your age, I walked 13 miles to the post station and I said, I need a job. And then I went home and then I got ready and then I went to the coal mine. And then we stayed in the coal mine for 25 hours. It's just like like every time you talk to them, they just Uh feel like, you know what? You just got out of college. You don't know nothing about getting no job. You don't know nothing about doing this. You don't know nothing about doing it. I got life experience. Like your mom is 70 plus, so she's talking to you as if you know nothing. Even though you was a grown woman, you like, you got your own job, car, you are adulting. You are shopping within your budget. You're not buying no luxury clothes. You are living yeah. your life perfectly, and she still be like, "Oh, well, I well, think see, you I, should do." That. 
I also you speak up about that though. So when my mom tells me, "Hey, you should do X, Y, Z," I'm like, "Hey, actually, they don't do it like that anymore." You know, in the 1970s, that's how it was, but in 2020s, it's not like that. But that see, that's the difference. You see what I'm doing? I'm telling them like, "Hey, actually, that's not how it's done anymore." Like, I appreciate what you're telling me, and I appreciate this advice, but things have changed a lot since you were last looking for a job in 1970 or 1980. So I, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I will speak up. Because it's like, it's fine if you want to give your advice and you have, you know, everything. Right. But I'm just letting you know that the last time, or for example, when she gets dating advice, the last time you were dating somebody was 1983. You don't know. And that's okay. But I love- but that's, that's what the, you can't, when you talk to your parents like that, you know, they're going to take it like, but she doesn't value my opinion. Oh yeah. She, she doesn't. And they, and they are going to be hurt. Because you don't, you don't even care about what they talk about. What I just right? say, I said y'all care about disappointing your parents, and I don't. No, well, see, but that's see, but that's the that's the thing I'll be telling you. There's a difference between disappointment and feeling like you can reach somewhere in the middle where both of y'all could be happy when you talk to each other all the time. There's so, a difference between them. Like, there's a I, difference. There's a difference. Because like you're looking for a job, and she's telling you you need to do it this way, and you saying it's it's 2023, and we do everything through the internet. Right. It's like, see, you're saying I lay my boundaries down, and then my mom abides by them. But I'm yes. saying a lot of the times, like my family and the way we come up, they don't care about the boundaries. Right. They, it's hear, like I an ongoing. You. It is an ongoing war. So. Yes. At one point in my life, I was like, do you want to continue to fight somebody who does not care about you being your own person, who is stuck in their ways? Just like my grandparents, my grandpa was stuck in his ways. He did what he wanted to do. And so they passed that down, especially if you, like I said, from the South, you don't grew up, you might have been a migrant family, you might be real close with your brothers and sisters, but that's the problem. Everyone in my family ended up doing this same thing ended up going to the same school ended up doing the same job ended up just living their life in the box that grandma said you need to do it like this so when me and my other cousin were like we're not i'm not about to be a third grade teacher complaining to y'all every thanksgiving about the school y'all ain't got working computers Your, your vcrs don't work in the classroom i I'm going to do something else. Mm-hmm. And see, when, you, when you're in that situation, they all deploy against you. Your, your mama starts saying things like, well, me and your aunties talk. And we we think that you, yeah. you should be doing this. And your auntie said that you need to, that she thinks you should do this. And your cousin yeah. said you could go be a fireman with him. Or you could go and get your teacher's license. Or you could yeah. go and do this. And then it's like, so that's what I'm telling you. You become a tactician. So instead of you just being like, you know what? I'm going to fight Carolyn for her last 20 years on earth because she does not care about nothing. I'm saying she thinks that she knows what's right. Yeah. And and she's going to impart that on me. Me and some of my cousins, you know, some of my cousins, they they fell in a trap, Lexi. They got caught in a trap. They they did what they didn't want to do. And they're miserable, right? I think they would have been miserable either way. They because they come to me. I am I am the example of I dealt with it for 10 years. 
Yeah. Where it was like, you can either be this or you could be this. So I went against the grain and I talked about it. Yeah. And I was just like, I tried, but then yeah. I understood like, I gotta be, I gotta be like a tactician. I gotta know how to move so that I could at least keep us talking. Cause at one point I'm like, I don't even want to talk to this lady if she's not going to understand and I'm not doing what she wants me to do. And that's why if you create healthy boundaries, that's what I'm trying to get through to your head is if you create healthy it's boundaries. Not my head. It's, it's, but it's not about me. It's about the other person. It's just like but, we can say yeah. it all. We can say everything that we want other people to do. But yes. sometimes in life, Lexi, other people don't care about your boundaries. My and mama doesn't when, care. No, your my mother mama, I can say is I can say just like every time I drove her somewhere, just like driving Miss Daisy, you say you drive her, you say, Mama, I'm driving. You mm -hmm. sit there, you shut up, and you you do whatever you do. Play bingo, play words with friends, play whatever. You sit there and you shut up. You and I know a lot up? of I know a lot of men who who go through this. And your girlfriend might nag you. You say, you know what, babe, I'm gonna take the trash out when I feel like it. All right, and you and you put your you put your boundaries down. Some people don't care. And that's what leads to a toxic situation where it's just like, mama, I told you to sit down and shut up every time I drive you somewhere. You're like, oh, Lord, why are you going so fresh? Oh, that's Lord, what are you Tell somebody to sit down and shut up. That's a horrible example. Okay, but this this is what I'm saying. What I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying the exact words. I have been nice. I know, I know, I know, I know, I get it. But I'm just saying, like, Lexi, you, you're living in an idyllic situation. I'm living in the reality of I got parents who go to church or I, my family, they only yeah. care about what God say. They only care I, about what Jesus say. So, so I can is, sit here and talk to them and say, this is what I learned from my session yeah. and you was making me, giving me anxiety. And they're going to be like, well, what's wrong? What and then you, you're going to ask me about my Yeah, but they don't <laughs> care about that. That's what I'm telling you. And there's a whole like, section of millennials who have parents who do not care about their dreams. They I just know. care about how they feel. So I will say this. Um, the problem with that is it ends up being toxic if you don't say it because then you're living this lie. I'm not saying you in particular, but people. You end up living this lie because you don't want to share things with your parents or you don't want to say certain things because you don't want to have, like to your point, because you're, you're saying like, oh, I don't want to have this ongoing conversation about it. Or I don't want to have to deal with this because I have this Southern family and they're going to keep bothering me about this. But then that means that you have to hide a part of yourself because of that. Because your thing is like, well, I'll just meet them halfway versus what I'm saying is like, no, you should feel free to be yourself and be whoever you want to be and not be so concerned about that. And if they can't take that, then you might need to. I'm not saying you because I look, don't have your family coming at me saying Alexis told you to uh, stop talking to them. But then it, it, what it creates is like it makes either that person resent them or stops talking to their family completely or it makes them feel like they have to like they live in inside they can't really be themselves for real because they're so concerned about like well i don't want to hear this all the time and i don't want to do this so let me just go ahead and not say anything and that's my point that's why i really just feel like you can create you, you create the boundaries and if they're not willing to abide by it then sometimes you have to separate yourself because that means that you can't even be your own peaceful self because you're so concerned about conversations. You're so concerned about having to hear something more that you can't even live in your truth. That's my point. That's and no, reality. I'm like, that's reality. And it happens all the time. Happened in my family. 
you bring a white man home. My cousin brought a white man home. And it's like, you can say, you know, I really don't appreciate when you talk about Topher like that yep. in front of me. Mm -hmm. Your uncle, he's still going, everyone is going to joke about it. Just like you can say, I really don't appreciate when you talk about my weight. This has been going on in the black community. And I, right. no one said it's not toxic, but it's been going on since the 1800s. You come home, family reunion. Good Lord, you done got big. But I'm just saying, you can tell them as much as you want. And see, but them Gen what you said is very important because that's how it should be. But I and feel like we had a lot of conversations about because you know, on, on social media, people are like, Well, I, when I was growing up, I got beat. And when I was growing up, I didn't get that. You know, my mama never apologized to me. And when I was growing up, my mama never had, you know, McDonald's money. And I always mm -hmm. felt like this. And we thought it was funny at first. But mm -hmm. then Gen Z started to stay, they spun the block and they said, None of this is funny. You shouldn't have been yeah. getting beat like that. Right. Your mama shouldn't have been going to switch to school and you got whooped in front of your friends. Your right. mama shouldn't have been always depriving you of McDonald's money, not saying that, you know, not to spoil you all the time, but to make right. it seem like y'all is living in in <laughs> like squalor and y'all had no money. Didn't see you thought you were growing up poor. Like, oh, Jesus, we ain't got no McDonald's money. What is we going to do? I'm just saying, Gen Z ain't playing. Gen Z is not like it's half you know, the millennials. Like, I mean, they have pointed out certain things, but we playing. are the superior generation. But a lot of us, we are living with PTSD because our it, parents just treated us. Your mama for 40 years never apologized to you. Like she, mm -hmm. like I'm your mother. She never just straight up looked you in the face and said, "You know what, Alexis? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for calling you fat in that dress." Right. <laughs> right. I'm so sorry. She's like, she'll just be like, oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Now, folks, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, how, how the, to y'all, to y'all, how do y'all deal with y'all parents? Because we want to hear, like, yes. you know. Do you do the Lexi? Do you say, Helen, you know, I, I love you, but you need to stop talking about my boo. Okay. This is who I love. And this is who I'm going to be with. Or are you going to be like me? Or my cousins and, and consider not coming around at all. <laughs> Just like, no, you know no. what? <laughs> Helen, I love you, but we going on vacation. I'm sorry. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. I no, but no, my but when she came back, she said yeah. she brought Topher. I'm just using I'm using no. a, another name. Let's go back. She what she did, she set the boundary. She set the boundary and they didn't abide by she it. Never Every year, she, they're like, she said, "Don't talk about my man." No, this is so. There's a. I have a queer cousin. Yeah, and then I have a cousin who married a white man that looks yes. like Egon from Ghostbusters. Like okay. he's very nerdy, but he cool. Like we cool. We were having fun. Yeah, yeah. But see, I am the cool cousin, so I'm cool with all of these people. But my cousin yeah. decided to separate themselves from yeah. the family. But see, that's what I was telling you. Family doesn't understand. And that's what I'm saying. I think it's just a generational thing. They don't understand why they don't want to come around. But so it's I'm because they set boundaries. They said, don't talk about my girlfriend because I'm a girl. Don't talk about Wait, my wife. I don't know what conversations, but as far as in front of all of us, we never had that uh -huh. conversation. But I you just know think they decided, not to my mama. My mama said, I'm not going, I'm not supporting that. And then that was it. 
So I don't think anyone had a real conversation between all of my aunties, like just told them straight up, like, listen, just like, you know, when Thanksgiving, when my, when my cousin had blonde hair, it was, they could not stop the entire weekend. They could not stop. And I'm but if like, he come around now, then they're going to be confused. huh? Look, I just said, you know what? If that's what, if that's how you want to live, live your truth. But see, it's up to him. To do the Lexi. If he wants to do the Lexi and say, Mom, I want to wear my hair blue and have piercings. I don't want to have a job and I just want to do what I want. That's what he's going to have to do. Yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to my cousin. Your family's going to be so mad. <laughs> They're not going to be mad. They already know. I'm 40. My mama is 60 something. And and that's what you just like what you said, and I think Gen Z can learn from this. If you're making your own money, if you're happy and you're doing your thing, and then other people go to your parents and say, "You know what, Lex is doing so well," your parents are gonna be like, "They're not gonna say nothing." Yeah. See, when my when I started being more successful, my mama stopped saying stuff. She used to yeah. be, "Oh, I heard the people from church said they saw you doing this," and then I was yeah. like, "So, so you care more about the praise you get as a parent?" Because your son's doing well. Yep. And so now you're like, I'm not, I'm gonna leave him alone. He hasn't yeah. asked me for money. He hasn't yeah. asked me for clothes. He hasn't come over here to eat. And and everyone seems to be liking what he's doing. And his family said that. So I'm gonna leave him alone. Yeah. Same thing with your parents. She she got her own money. She's not asking us for fifteen thousand dollars to fix the AC unit. She good. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. So hopefully, everybody, look. If you if you want to, and it's not we're not saying either side is right or wrong, but we should try more to try to have that conversation. Even though for some of the people in my particular situation, I have concluded that it's not going to work, but I do feel like we should try to do more to work as far as conversate, set your boundaries. And at least try. Protect your peace. And now, sometimes that means I, yeah. leaving. Sometimes that means leaving the situation. Situation. That's all I'm saying. But protect your peace. Protect your peace. We'll be back next week. Every Thursday. Make sure you download and subscribe.